Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I'm excited because we have Miss Annie Schusler here with us, and she has her own podcast called The Rebel Therapist, where she interviews other entrepreneurs who own their own spiritual businesses, and basically gives advice and a behind-the-scenes look at how others have created successful businesses, which is very exciting. And um, she has a very interesting background anyway. So welcome to our show, Annie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to get to chat with you, Melissa. So excited to have you here. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your background and how how did you come to develop this idea to have this podcast? So I was a therapist in private practice for about 20 years and I started my podcast three years ago. I actually just closed my private practice this past spring. So for quite a while, I was doing both business coaching and I was a therapist myself. And as I was helping therapists build their businesses, I started to get this desire. I'm a major podcast listener for one thing. I love your podcast, by the way, Melissa. And I started to want to create a podcast where I would interview therapists, healers, entrepreneurs about their journey and to get to really hear how they're doing it, like to get behind the curtain and to really get nosy with people and have the kinds of conversations I love to have, but that are actually not always socially appropriate where I get to ask. So tell me everything about your business model. Tell me everything about your marketing. How do you set up your systems? All of these things that we don't always actually get to know about other people's businesses. And I decided that that would be the most helpful thing for the people who I wanted to serve was to get to hear what's really going on in other people's businesses. And so sometimes I interview people who I've actually worked with, who've actually been my clients. Usually it's just folks out in the community who inspire me and who I see they've got something going on that I really want them to teach to everybody about how they're running retreats or how they are you know, doing ethical marketing. And the theme I think that runs across all of it is these are really visionary micro business owners who have found a way to have a profitable business, profitable, that's a tough word, business that's also really aligned with the world that they want to create. I think that that is such a great asset for you to have a podcast like that, because I know being a small business owner myself, there are a lot of people who get this great idea and they think, you know, oh, I can create this business and this will be so amazing. And then they jump in and they don't know all of the business aspects or the marketing aspects. And a lot of people quit and give up before they even see success because I can personally tell you in running a small business and still having to keep a day job 
until the business makes enough money that that can be your main source of income, it can be very overwhelming. And if you don't know what you're doing, it can feel like you're running on a hamster wheel and just spinning and spinning and spinning in circles and not really accomplishing much. So the fact that you have people sort of giving advice and an inside look at how they were able to really be successful, I think that is super, 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 super helpful. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah. One thing that I felt like I would have really loved when I was starting this business was to see how people get started. So a lot of times when you look online, you see a lot of businesses that are actually already in full swing and they've been successful for a long time. So it's easy to compare what you have going on in the beginning with what somebody else has going on maybe five or 10 years in. And so I really like interviewing people who are early in their businesses before they've forgotten how they got started uh, to find out, like I just interviewed someone who I think you would love, Hannah Green, who's a therapist and a healer. And she created a group for women and it's a spiritual experience and it's a community and it was the first time that she ran it. So she was able to come on the show and just really talk about how she ran just this first beta version of this program. It's called Embracing the Shadow, her group. So that kind of story is so valuable to me. And I would actually rather hear those kinds of stories than hear about like how somebody built an entire empire. Although I really like to hear both, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's more relatable to anyone who's starting out to hear, you know, not just successes, but I'm sure people probably also sometimes relay their failures too. that, you know, yes. oh, when I first started, I ran all these Facebook ads and it did nothing because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and um, that to me is also valuable because it humanizes people, I think, and really allows you to understand that, hey, we're all in the same boat and we all have to start somewhere. So it's, I think keeps people from being overwhelmed. Like, oh, like you said, you have to compare yourself and say, oh, I have to be as good as so-and-so was when they first started. And it's, it's good to hear that, oh, it took her three to five years before business really picked up and I shouldn't give up and I shouldn't quit. And I, these are some great tips that things she did to make her business really successful. And I can do those things too. So I love that you kind of humanize that for people. Yeah, absolutely. Everything you just said is so true about people making mistakes, throwing a ton of money at Facebook ads before that's the right move or feeling like their like launch of their program was supposed to bring in tons of people when, you know, they perhaps didn't have an audience yet, all these kinds of things that can feel so shameful because they're, they happen to everybody in private. But if we can put light on some of these stories, then they just become stories. They don't have to bring so much shame. Talk to people who have had successes because there are so many people out there who say they're business coaches or have these programs 
And I've taken them myself. I've enrolled in courses and I've hired people to do Facebook ads and things like that. And I've hired the wrong people before who we were talking about this earlier. When you have a spiritual business, everybody expects you to fit into this cookie cutter business mold of you need to advertise this way. You need to do things this way. And sometimes that doesn't work for the type of business that you have, because to me, I know there are tried and true models, but for me, a big part of it too, is also very much intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that we do, do not fit in that, Hey, make the Facebook ad like this and, and attract what you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so when you work with people who are just strictly business people, sometimes they don't get that. A hundred percent. Oh my God. You know, I ran Facebook ads years ago because I wanted, and I, you know, I think it's, it's great to be willing to try things. I ran Facebook ads years ago, hiring a consultant to do the ads for me and to kind of use her formula and plug photos of me and write the copy and all of that. And it was definitely a flop. And what that person created did not look like me. It didn't feel like me. It didn't resonate with my people. And it made me zero money. <laughs> it cost a lot of money. And it's not even this person's fault because there's no way that she could have really understood who I am and who my clients are and kind of that particular aesthetic and that particular relationship that we have. And then I took a Facebook course myself of like learning how to do the ads myself, learning kind of the, the strategy behind it. And then I created a set of ads that really looked more like me and they, they felt to people who were looking at them more like they aligned with me and with them more importantly. And, you know, and those were helpful in bringing in more people and in just, you know, growing my message. So absolutely. It's like, sometimes we feel like we just have to, you know, plug into a formula that's working for other people. But if it's not bringing our values and our particular flavor <laughs> to people, it's really not going to work. It's going to fall flat. I think that the reason that people connect to, to you or to me mm -hmm. when they listen to our podcast or when they look at our Facebook pages is because we're authentic and we, you know, at least I know I do, yep. I'll share embarrassing things about my life or personal things because I know that there's somebody out there who's had the same thing happen to them or might learn from what I'm talking about. And so I think that's what people connect with is you being authentic and being who you are, because what I often get told is, well, it just seems like you would be the type of person I would sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Mm -hmm. And you probably have people who feel the same way when they listen to you, that it's, you know, like a stiff, I'm interviewing someone and this is what we're talking about today. And here's my agenda. You know, it's like, you're just very casual and you know, this is who I am. And I think that is what people connect to is really your energy and your true, your truth, being authentic. Yeah, I agree. 
I also think there's something about like with like when I when I found your podcast and I saw that you put it out so regularly and that you share what you're thinking about. I saw like, this is somebody who is really geeking out on their area of expertise. Like this is somebody who is fully committed and is fully committed to her growth and the growth of the people who she wants to help and is just hundred percent on this path. And I think that's something people are looking for is like, you don't have to, I mean, of course it's great that you're knowledgeable, but I think it's even more how clearly committed you are to the area that you want to help with. And that because of that curiosity and that commitment, you're, you're going to be committed to serving and that like anything that I am thinking about in terms of spirituality, I know that you have already been thinking about it because you're, you're in, like you're creating these episodes three times a week. That says a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. My motto has always been, you know, if I help one person, Mm -hmm. then it was worth it. And that's why I do what I do. And, you know, I can tell that you're the same way because when you were talking earlier about how you like to work with people and help them get unstuck, which doing this podcast, you're probably helping a lot of business owners feel unstuck because they're, they're hearing these awesome ideas like, oh, you know what, that's something I can do. And it's things we don't think about just because we're not in that business mindset. For most of us, we are just like, hey, I have this great idea. I want to do this job. I want to do this. It's my passion but I haven't done any business research and, you know, I don't, I don't really know what that looks like. So for those people, like what you're doing is a tremendous help to them. So I really, really commend you for that. And I know you do personal coaching, business coaching with people as well. Is that right? Yeah. So I have a, a small group program And in that small group program, I'm also doing one-on-one coaching with people. I used to do one-on-one coaching on its own. And then I found that for me, I see people getting more done in small groups. That doesn't mean that's always true. It doesn't mean it's true for every coach or every healer. But for me and the way that I work, I find that people have more accountability and they just get such a tremendous amount of work done in small groups. So I have a program where for five weeks we work together in a small group and everybody creates a pilot program. So they get really clear on their niche and then they get really clear on what their particular online program is going to look like. And it could be a workshop. It could be a retreat when COVID is over. It could even be an in-person retreat and it can be a course, a group coaching program or a one-on-one coaching program. And then they, so they create an outline of a really simple version of it so that they don't get lost in months of planning or perfecting or going into research mode for too long. And then we work on a simple marketing plan and then they launch their program. So in the time that we're together, they go through that whole process and they get very brave and very vulnerable 
and start telling their colleagues and friends about the offer that they have for people. So that's, that's like a, I know it's so fun, Melissa. It's yeah, that's so totally fun. amazing because of all the programs that I've heard of, I have never heard of one where at the end of it, you actually have something that's launchable mm-hmm. and that they have all of that support along the way. That's fabulous. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I've gotten there by realizing that we really need an early win in our business. I think we really need to get our work in front of people quickly so that we can find out what is working, what is resonating, and what needs to be shifted. And rather than, yeah, rather than going into comparison, perfection, procrastination, like all of those imposter syndrome, all of those places where I think amazing businesses go to die. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think that the biggest problem with people and failing businesses is that they get discouraged early on and they don't see Mm -hmm. the results that they think they should see. And they start comparing themselves to other businesses and why am I not doing this at this time? And then they just quit and they give up. And that's been one of the things it's even like, it's hard for me to, to say I should be here. I should be here. I had to, mm-hmm. even though I have goals in mind, I sort of had to let that go and just say, okay, just keep going, just keep doing what you're doing and keep trying new things and seeing what works and what doesn't work and, and just don't quit. Because I think that's the easiest thing for people to do is just to allow the fear to come in and to take over and the ego to say, well, I'm not helping anyone and just quit. Absolutely. You know, um, my friend, Nancy Jane Smith, who has a podcast about happiness and about anxiety, and she says something about, we can get into this cycle of quitting where we we have this inner voice that she calls the fake BFF that is, it feels good when this voice comes up and it's telling us, you know, it's okay. You don't really have to do this hard work. Just put it down, watch Netflix, like you deserve a break. (laughs) And, And it's really seductive to to quit and to follow that. And for a moment, it feels really good to quit and to say like, oh, it's so great. I don't have to do this hard thing anymore. That was so uncomfortable. And then if it was the fake BFF who got us to quit, the problem is that we then still want to do the thing and like, we will return to it. And I have done that in this business. Like early on, I, when I was ready to start business coaching, I sent out an email to everyone I knew, letting them know I'm, I'm starting this business coaching thing and I can offer a free consultation and, you know, just trying to get my feet wet and offer some services and learn more. And so I sent out this email and I built a little website and then I only got a couple of responses. And so I kind of decided that was it. I kind of decided like, oh, well, that didn't work. And now looking back, that seems ridiculous knowing what I know now, like how it's actually a very long-term commitment. It takes a lot of work to build this business. But in that moment, it was kind of my first 
stab at it. And then a very early on, like, okay, oh, well I quit. But then of course it wasn't, I wasn't ready to quit. And so the desire came back and I took another step in and had to keep building that muscle. I think everyone feels that way at some point. My fake BFF, I love that saying, by the way, used to tell me, you just, you need to run away. Just go away. Just Mm -hmm. like, go take a vacation, run away, avoid your problems. um, Cause it's too hard. Yeah. And you just need to, but the, the reality is that your problems don't go away. They'll still be there when you come back from your vacation and from your running away, you can't run away. Um, so luckily I've realized that over time, you know, well, that doesn't solve anything and, and you have to face your problems head on mm-hmm. and learning to tell your ego to, you know, take a back seat or to, to take a hike is one of the hardest things that, you know, we can ever do, I think, but it's so necessary. I think the ego, it helped us when we were younger, but now I think it really just hinders us many times. Me too. And I'm imagining, I think this is true for everybody who is creating content regularly that we do hit this place of like, who am I to do this? Who am I to create this? Who am I to lead in this particular area? And that by working that muscle and by working through that and staying consistent, I think it, it does really make us stronger. I feel like business and running a, running a business like this has really kicked my ass and made me stronger in a way that probably nothing but parenting can come close to. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for me, I know there's a lot of things that make I can people agree stronger. I hundred percent. I think <laughs> parenting probably is the least thing that I've done about fashion. Um, yeah, I mean, there are still days where I will say to myself, you're killing yourself. Why are you doing this? Is anybody even listening? I still have those mm-hmm. moments. You know, mm-hmm. I still do where, you know, if it's, it's been a rough week, you're tired, you know, maybe you don't feel well. And you're like, why do I keep doing this? I think five people are listening to me. (laughs) And we know that's not even true. And, you know, it's, it's times like that when someone will reach out and say, oh, thank you for this episode on whatever it was. It was very helpful. And then um, that's kind of what snaps me out of my own head sometimes of like, okay, stop having a pity party, quit being Debbie Downer and let's get back to work because you know you have stuff to do. Yeah. And don't you feel like if you were to look back, like what episode are you on now around? Um, last time I looked, which was I think a couple of weeks ago, it's like, I thought it was like 500 something, but it might be more than oh my God. <laughs> So yeah, like if you, at if, you, if your former self from before you started could talk to you now, it would just like blow that person's mind, right? To be like, you're going to get past 500 episodes. Like what? And more (laughs) than 10 followers. Like you have more than 10 (laughs) followers, you know? Cause I think I always laugh about that, but I think the first week I launched my podcast, I think I had five followers 
and they were not even my family members. Like even my family members were like, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're embarrassed by you. We don't want to follow you. Mm. And, uh, I laugh, I joke. That's not true, (laughs) but you know, and now they're like, Oh, you know, my sister has a podcast. My daughter has a podcast, you know, well, my mom has a podcast. And it's funny because I think just exactly what you said, if your future, you could go back mm-hmm. and give your present you a pep talk, you would be blown away by everything that you've accomplished. But when we're in the present moment, sometimes it's very hard to see that you're making headway and that you're making a dent and that you are leaving an impression on the world. Um, and I wish that's one thing I wish we could really stress to people is you make a difference. Mm-hmm. What you're doing makes a difference. Absolutely. And we do tend to keep moving the goalpost. And I think that in a way that's fantastic. Like I want my goals for 2021 to be bolder. I want to reach more people and collaborate with more people and make a bigger and bigger impact. So that's great. But yeah, I don't think we spend enough time kind of sinking into what we have accomplished and thanking ourselves. You know, I really want to thank my past self for sticking with this through those times where I was like, okay, I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that we need to thank ourselves a lot and that's Mm -hmm. really kind of a cool thing to bring up and, you know, you can do that. I always say we have to, we have to have a pep talk sometimes. And sometimes there's no one around to give us that pep talk, but us. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to talk to ourselves. When you get in that moment where you're like, I can't go on anymore. And I I will be honest with you today, I was kind of having a down day. And I was earlier thinking to myself, I can't go on anymore because we're doing virtual learning and it's we were on Google Meets and the technology was not working and video wasn't playing and my students are just like, what's going on? And I'm thinking, why are we doing this? And then you have to realize as you know, as they're leaving, like, thank you. We I love this class, had a great day. Then you realize like, okay, I gotta stop getting in my head and, and taking every little thing that happens personally, because we're going to have those moments where the technology doesn't work or this didn't work, but it's more about learning from that. I think, you know, and taking that and saying, okay, well, it didn't work that way. How can I make it better? Yes. And do you, I can't remember, do you swear on your podcast at all? I don't. And I, I will always say the reason that I don't, because I'm not a personally opposed to it at all. Sometimes things slip out and sometimes people do say things <laughs> I don't is because I know that I have a lot of moms who listen to this. Sure. And, okay. That makes sense. Uh, because that's who, that's what I did. I was a mom and I always listened to things when my kids were in the car. And so I try not to just out of respect for my mamas out there who were taking their kids places and trying to find some time to listen to something for themselves. Well, I can totally say this without swearing. So (laughs) now if there are kids listening, they're like, well, I want to hear the swear, but um, (laughs) you know, this year has been such a dumpster fire and there are, I just think we each owe ourselves such a huge, thank you for getting through this year and for 
working through the technology issues that we've had to work through. Like when you just were talking about helping the kids through that, you know, that technology in, in online school, like that's been, that's been a lot. And so I think we need to give ourselves a huge thank you in whatever our work is that we learned new things and to also look for kind of the, the glimmers of what else did we learn in that? Was it not just like a, a compromise? Was there also something new and valuable? Like I know I talked to, I interviewed a woman named Michelle Boyd for my show and she runs Inkwell retreats. So these are retreats for scholars who are writers and to work on their writing practices and on their actual writing while they're together. And she ran this retreat as an in-person retreat for years. And, you know, her participants loved it. And then she had to cancel all of her in-person retreats from the spring forward, of course. And she was really resistant to bringing them online and really felt like I'm going to lose a lot of depth. I'm going to lose the value. And then she experimented with it and she was willing to try it. She was willing to run retreats over Zoom and, you know, think through how to bring value. And she was really surprised at how awesome it was and how there were pieces of value that we sometimes just don't even realize that we're bringing in this year. And that's just the technology side. And then there's also the, like what we've learned in the uprising, what we've learned about justice in, in the uprising and in how we can make our businesses more just, how we can make our lives more just. So in this dumpster fire, I also just want to like, give us all some love and gratitude for how we got through it and what we learned. And I know that might sound cheesy, but like, I am so here for that. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I just did a podcast episode last week about uh, the grand conjunction and how- Yes, I loved it. Thank you. And I'm how everything is like, we're going to be more community focused and less of- me, 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 and climbing my way to the top and stepping on everyone on the way there. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I love that we're moving more into that. And I think we can see that by what's been happening in our society. I think it's becoming very evident. So I'm, I'm definitely on board for more of that myself. I'm really excited. I was so excited to hear that episode and to hear you say that. And I felt like it feels to me like there's a, yeah, this is the moment when we're going to step back into more of a collective and interdependent way of thinking about our businesses. And that I know not everybody is here for that, but so many of us are, and are looking for a new way to, you know, win in our businesses and bring along other people. And instead of stepping on people and instead of oppressing other people, as we do that to really pay people well, to be honest, to lift other people up at the same time as we're growing our own audiences. Like all of that is, I think, part of what's next. And I, I'm just about done. 
It is about time. I feel like we have had so long where people have felt alienated and, you know, like they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving into a place where your voice matters, which who doesn't need to feel heard? I think everyone wants to feel that. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people who, I know you were already in the online space. I was already in the online space, but I think there are a lot of new people and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are among them where they were maybe resistant to the online space before this year for good reason, you know, because there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of, you know, attention grabbing stuff in the online world. But I think out of necessity, a lot of people are jumping more into the online world and creating online businesses. And part of the beauty of that is that it's bringing more ethical and justice-oriented people into the space. And so it's changing the space. I would agree. I think that to me, it's important as an educator to see the whole educational system having to go from in-person to online in the matter of like a day. Yeah. And thinking about teachers who have been there for 25 years, you know, these are their last few years and they don't have, we've been saying this for years in education. We're saying you have to start including technology. You have to start getting with the times. And there have been teachers who've been resistant and I get it because a lot of people don't like change, Mm -hmm. but I think change is important. And we've been saying, you got to get with the program. You got to get with the program. And then it was like, instantly they were forced to get with the program (laughs) And I think the ones who were so resistant, you know, they realized like, oh, should have been doing this all along. And then we saw some teachers who just retired because they just couldn't, they couldn't um, change enough to be what their students needed them to be. And it's, I've never seen anything like it before in education, nothing like it in that big of a, like overnight. Mm. Okay. With no warning. Okay. Overnight, everything's online. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's so interesting. Change. I know my, um, my sister, who's also my best friend, she's a public school teacher and she's going on, I guess, 20 years or something like that. And so she's a veteran excellent teacher, second grade teacher. And she has found that, well, of course there've been compromises and there've been just like really lousy things about not just the pandemic, but also, yeah, having to go online that she's been really moved by getting to, in a sense, be in people's homes and getting to really witness people's families and caregivers and just having this real intimacy in a different way than she ever had before. So it's been cool to hear her tapping into, yeah, that glimmer of like, well, what did we gain? What did we learn that we would never have expected? Absolutely. I would 100% agree with you on that. Um, You know, with high school students, a little different because they get on immediately, the camera gets turned off, you know, their avatar. (laughs) 
Uh, and I was like, okay, for next semester, we're not doing that anymore. I need to see your faces because I need to actually have some contact with you and, and feel like there's a human being on the other side of this. Yes. Um, but also just what you're saying too, you realize, at least I realize that there are probably a lot of kids who don't want us to see what their home looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and for fear of comparison or people seeing uh, but the great thing about, at least with Google Meets, is they have a, the background, like what I have with my Zoom background, that you can put that up there and then the kids can be on the beach or they can be somewhere, you know, fun and they don't actually have to see their background. But you do see into that life of, wow, I never would have known that about my student. You know, you see the posters yeah. on their wall and you know, oh, are you a big Cardinal baseball fan? Yeah. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. you like okay, you like that band? Oh, that's cool. You know, you don't really always get to know a a child on that level, at least at the high school level when it's, and and I've noticed that with smaller class sizes because when we're in person, it was only six or seven kids per class because Mm. they had a hybrid mix. It was so nice. Mm. I noticed that number one, I was not dealing with discipline problems. I spend probably a good 15 minutes in my class trying just to deal with kids and, and discipline issues. And I wasn't doing that. And then I was able to actually get to know each child on a more personal level. And I know we probably will never have that again, but it was great to have the small class sizes like that. Mm-hmm. This is making me think of Octavia Butler. So I know a lot of people, including me, have been really following her work in 2020. And so she's a science fiction writer. Um, She's no longer with us, but she wrote all of these books that now feel like they're really, like she was really predicting the future. (laughs) And one thing that in in her book, Parable of the Sower, she has this character who has created or kind of recognized a new religion. And the, th- the main thing that she says is God is change and we need to, and whether you take that literally or just kind of as a metaphor, I am finding it so helpful this year to be thinking about like this force of change and how do we want to move with change and how do we want to respond to change, knowing that change is the only constant. So like, how do I want to move with change in my business and as a parent? And instead of getting like caught in, but that's not how it was. That's not how it's supposed to be to really open up to, okay, so what is here? Just like I was saying how Michelle Boyd did with her retreats, like, okay, so what's here now? This wasn't my plan, but how can I move with this change in a way that can feel really helpful to me to my clients, you know, to my business, to me as a human. And that, you know, when I can step into that, into really embracing change instead of fighting it, I am such a happier person. I think the more we resist it, the harder it really is for us. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is, if there is ever a lesson that has been in my face for the last month of 2020, yeah. it is letting go. Mm-hmm. It really is. I'm, I'm having to learn how, because I have two 
kids, they're not kids anymore. They're 18. And so that has been a big lesson for me this year is letting go, letting go Mm. of not even just, it's not like I'm stepping in and I try to control their life, but just knowing that, just knowing you have to let go. Like you can't control what happens to them. All you can do is love them, be there for them and, you know, pray for their protection, but you've got to let go. And that I think a lot of people are learning in other ways. Mm-hmm. Some people it's with the change that's happening with their businesses. Some people it's with school, like, oh my gosh, you know, now we have to go to virtual learning. So this is so different and I'm resisting the change. It's hard for everybody, but I think that's been the biggest lesson for all of us this year is letting go of what we know to be true because nothing that we know to be true is holding true for us this year, like for everyone. Like it doesn't matter. Your norm is no longer. I just go to the store when I feel like it. Now it's okay. I have to wear a mask and I have to wait in line to get in the store. So I need to decide, okay, is it really necessary for me to go to the store? Do I wait? You know, do I do delivery now? Because it's, you know, and now, oh, now I can't go inside and eat at a restaurant. So I have to start cooking more at home or I need to order takeout. And so all the things we once considered normal out the window, like 2020 is the year of no more normal. So I think that's a hard thing for everybody, but I think it's the lesson we're all going through in a different way, one way or the other. Yeah. It really has spared nobody this change. Yeah. I never would have expected to be doing dance parties all by myself every single day. (laughs) (laughs) So like, that's the way that I get my exercise now. I follow like, you know, a a dance instructor every day at a different kind of dance party. I do the same thing. And the thing was like, I had already started working out at home because I kept giving myself the excuse of, I, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time. Mm. And then, and then I said, okay, if you're working out at home, there's no excuse girl, you can do it right before bed or you can do it when you wake up in the morning. So that was kind of holding myself more accountable, but I was doing, you know, uh, like toning workouts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, this is not cutting it. I need something stimulating, something fun. And I used to do Zumba all the time. So I found these Zumba instructors online, like just YouTube. I found two that were German and I teach German. So that made it even more fun for me that they're screaming things in German as we're doing Zumba. Fantastic. It's been so much fun and it's like such a great way to get out stress for me. It really is. Yes, me too. And I'm, I'm definitely more fit than I was at the beginning of COVID and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. I've been doing, um, like hip hop dance parties and love it. I love it. (laughs) Who knew? Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. And then if you're in your own living room and you can't dance, nobody cares because you dance to your heart's content. And that's the thing I love about it too, is when you're in your own home, if you don't pick up the step or the move or whatever, just do whatever you want. <laughs> just move to the music. That's right. And I, and that way also like my younger son will come in and he, if he needs to talk to me in the middle of a workout, he'll just like roll his eyes at me. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my kids do that too. To me, like if I'm doing Zumba and actually even my dogs will sit and tilt their head. Like they're looking mm-hmm. at me like, what is she doing? Why am I not allowed to be in there and have fun with her? So <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for having this conversation here with me today. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. And um, if anyone would like to join your group or if they want to listen to your podcast, how can they do that? Oh, thank you so much. This has been my pleasure. It's been so great to talk to you and to actually get to know you and have a a two-way conversation. It's been really a pleasure. And so people can find me by going to rebeltherapist.me. And that's where they can find the podcast or, you know, check out my resources. Awesome. And I, of course, will also have the link to that in the show notes. And uh, I can hear that my dogs are getting a little bit restless in the back. They usually are quiet (laughs) for me when I record a podcast, but not lately. It's just, I think they've got something to say. Yeah. Well, I think the Amazon truck, unfortunately, my neighbors are like me and order Mm -hmm. every single day from Amazon. And so Amazon comes down our street many times a day. And (laughs) so anytime they see the truck, it's like instant barking because it's, oh, who is it? Because we live on a cul-de-sac. So no one's ever here. And now when there's more traffic, it's like, oh, there's a person. I need to bark (laughs) at that person and let that person know that I'm happy to see them. (laughs) He thinks everyone should be happy to see her, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you for being here with me today. And if there is a piece of advice that you could give to someone who may be thinking, either thinking about starting their own business or maybe is has started a business and is just in the beginning stages, what piece of advice would you give to that person? I would ask that person to explore their big why, explore what makes this such an important thing to you. Like what's the impact that you want to make? What's the impact that you want this to have on your life? so that you can return to that when you feel tempted to quit. And when you feel inevitably, you will feel tempted to quit and that in a really loving, but firm way, you won't let yourself off the hook and you will bring this thing into the world that we need from you. I love that. You have to be accountable to yourself and so many of us are not. So that is a great piece of advice. And we talk about that in education too, is having your why. Why Why do you do this? What are you here for? What is your contribution to the world and what you're doing? So that is perfect, perfect piece of advice. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Please go check out Annie's podcast, Rebel Therapist. I definitely want to go and listen to the episodes where you were talking about um, the advice given on just starting, because I think anyone who has a business could really identify with that. I know there's so many struggles, but you can do it. You can make it. And if you listen to Annie's podcast, you will get some inspiration and hopefully motivation for continuing to see your why through to the end. 
Thank you so much, Annie. And I want to thank all of you for listening to us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live every Monday at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. And if you show up for the live, I'll pull a card for you personally. Also, I post videos to Instagram and I have free guided meditations on my YouTube channel. If you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll see all of the services I offer and you can book a session with me directly from the website. All of my sessions are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.